We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs King, and welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. The Chiefs move to 6-1 and one on the season as the defense steps up and allows less than 20 points for the sixth time in seven games. That is still the best mark in the NFL. They also tied a career, or excuse me, a season high for takeaways. Dirty Dan with the pick six, and Byron Pringle added the longest play of the NFL season with the 102-yard kickoff return. Plus, we saw the debut of running back Le'Veon Bell, and so much more to breakdown with the Chiefs 43 to 16 win in Denver that making 10 straight wins over the Broncos on BJ Kissel joined by special guests this week as Nick couldn't make it and so we are joined by former Kansas City Chief and Houston Texan eight-year NFL vet Jeff Allen second round pick by the Chiefs back in 2012. Jeff thank you so much for joining us man. Thanks for having me BJ. So when you sit back and watch the games, I want to get your takes on a lot of different things. But um, as a former player guy who was on teams last year, got the Super Bowl ring, just what is it like for you at this point to watch games? Because I know I texted you when there's yeah. a couple injuries, and I was like, are you going to play? And you're like, yeah. no. So what no. Are, what's watching a game look like for you? It's a lot different, man. Um, first off, I'm an O-line guy, so I watch up front first. But as a competitor, my heart, my heart's never left the game and I still feel it inside me. But my mom's like, you know what, Jeff? Do the smart thing. Worry about your health and all those <laughs> things. But I walk totally up front first, and then I watch the ball after that. And it's just really yeah. cool to see. Um, now, the Kansas City games, I know a lot of guys. I know the locker room. It's cool to see some of the younger guys step up. My boy, Nikki. I see him in there doing work, so that's all. I want to ask you about Allegretti and the rest of those guys up front, because you can bring a perspective of a lot of different, not just having played in the league, but um, having been a guy who comes in in the middle of the season um, and having to step yeah. up and play and and get ready and those kinds of things. But um, we're getting into the, the Chiefs offensive line and what you've seen from them. But first, we've got to thank our sponsor and Jack Stack Barbecue. If you haven't had a chance yet, Chiefs Kingdom, check out their tailgate specials on game day. You can get all different kinds of stuff and continue to pay it forward. We talk about it at the end of every one of our shows. But if you see something going on in the Kansas City community, you see somebody going above and beyond for someone else and you want to pay it forward to them, let us know who they are. We'll send them some Jack 
Jackstack Barbecue, thanks to you. So help us continue to pay it forward with Jackstack Barbecue. But another, just we're talking about delicious food. And I know I joke with you all the time because it's almost like a cliche at this point, but Cookie Society and those things are damn good. And I want to give you just yeah. 30 seconds to, to explain Cookie Society, uh, you and your wife's company. What, how did it start and how much fun are you having on this side of your career before we break down the Chiefs and Broncos? Okay, I'll make it quick. Started <laughs> randomly. We're in New York one off season, and we stood in line at Levane Bakery for 30 minutes. A famous bakery in New York. They sell cookies. Waited 30 minutes, and I'm like, why am I waiting in line for a cookie? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Ended up getting a cookie. It was one of the best things I have ever had in my life. And my wife has always been a great baker, great cook overall. I just turned toward her. She's a former college athlete. So we're both competitive. I say, you can't make anything like this. <laughs> and she went home and she just started cranking out recipes. And one day she came and she, I was like, this is it. I was like, you need to sell us. And some of my teammates in Houston kind of co-signed and went from there. We started business. That's amazing. I uh, I couldn't tell you how many times I walked in the Chiefs locker room last year and I'd see the little I know when deliveries came because you'd seen the O line like lockers. <laughs> you just see bo- the blue and white boxes of Cookie Society. I was like, ooh, I need to order some of those. And I personally ordered yeah. them a handful of times and they are absolutely delicious. So go to cookiesociety.com, check those out. But Jeff, let's get into a little bit of football. And I know just from texting back and forth, um, you know, yesterday, one of the things that you were excited about with this game, and you've been vocal on Twitter. Uh, with all your takes that just always seem to be correct. But the the addition of Le'Veon Bell uh, and, and what that means for the Chiefs offense, uh, not just from a fantasy football perspective, which a lot of fans look at it from, but uh, what was kind of your initial reaction to him becoming available and the chance of him pairing with Andy Reid? And then obviously, what did you see from him last night? And how do you see this working out? I think it's awesome. Man. Honestly, when he was a free agent coming out a few years ago, I thought Kansas City would be a perfect fit for him. But, you know, the money thing. Um, but he's here now. I think it's a, an awesome fit to compliment um, Hilaire. It's going to be a one-two punch. Obviously, Andy Reid being such a great play caller, he's going to put him in some great opportunities, some good situations where Le'Veon is going to have some space. Um, it's going to be complimentary football. He's going to be able to get some some big runs. You saw it the first week, the first run of his career with the Chiefs. It was 16 yards. Um, yeah. So it's going to be awesome to see him and see some of the things that progress over the course of the season as it gets late toward the playoff stretch that Andy draws up because he's a he's a wizard. I say it all the time. He's going to figure out different mm-hmm. ways to get all these weapons the ball. And one week, it, you know, it may be Le'Veon. One week it might be Hilaire or Tyreek or Travis. It's, it's just pick your poison. So many weapons. That was what was beautiful about last night's game. Early on, it was McCole Hardman who was stepping up and making plays. Yeah. And then the week before that, we saw Demarcus Robinson step mm-hmm. up and make plays. So it's somebody different every week. And then the special teams getting involved. Now the defense taking the ball away. I can go on and on. You know, I get excited. But, yeah. um, you know, the one thing about, you know, watching this group play, and you mentioned that that first run by Lady on Bell. And, you know, your guy that used to play next to Eric Fisher, his reach block on that, like, made the yeah. play. So as much as we want to make it about Le'Veon, like, I love doing this show with Nick because we always draw attention to those guys up front and what's happening. How impressed have you been, even the last few weeks, with the injuries of what the guys have done up front and just how it seems to just be more more physical up front? I don't want to compare with guys in and out, but yeah. the, the five who were in there seem to be working and – uh, you've been in those rooms with Coach Heck. What is it about how these guys are doing this that's making it work so well? I think it's just all about the mentality. I think they took it upon their shoulders um, early in the first few weeks, four four weeks, really. Um, they weren't running the ball very well. 
And I know those guys in that room. I know Andy Heck. I know it's something they harp about. They went in there and they took it personally. And you saw them come out against Buffalo and they laid the hammer. Um, I know they made some changes. Um, Nick Allegretti, he looked great. Um, Kilgore. Um, Fish is quietly, he's quietly having his best season of his career to me. Um, he, he's, he's maturing. Um, he's doing a lot of good things and he's a veteran now. He's, he's been that leader out there. So I'm excited to see as the season goes on with the addition of Le'Veon and um, just the, them growing and them meshing together. Probably try to keep one group on the field, um, but, you know, injuries happen. Yeah. One of the other things that stood out to me about last night's game before we move on to the next segment is just that we saw Steve Spagnuolo. And, you know, I love to look at stats because I'm not going to pretend to speak the game at the level that you guys played. So I'd always come with stats and be like, Jeff, is this good or is this bad? And he'd be like, that's a dumb stat, DJ. Be like, okay. I'll, I'll just go go back to the lab and find something else. But, you know, the one thing that jumped out to me was that the first time last year in that snow game against the Broncos, Steve Spagnuolo blitzed Drew Locke. And it makes sense, a young quarterback, you want to see yeah. how he does with check and protection. They blitzed him like 60% of the time last time. And now this time, they blitzed him only like seven times on like 40 dropback, just complete opposite, knowing that Drew Locke and Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator, probably spent all week going over protections and blitz pickups and all these things made it a wasted time because they didn't blitz so much. But when they did, it was particularly effective. Yeah. What's it been like for you to sit back? Because when you were with the Chiefs, so much of it was Bob Sutton. And now to see a different scheme, just a different personnel grouping, different looks, what do you like about what Spagnuolo has been doing over overall his whole time with the Chiefs, but particularly um, how he's kind of toying with the young quarterback in that chess match that you know fans wouldn't necessarily see watching it live? Yeah. Definitely. You just mentioned that um, he knew – what he did last year against Denver. He knew they were going to prepare the whole week expecting the same look because they struggled against it. Um, and he, he threw a changeup. He came out and played a little bit of coverage, blitzed in certain situations, and it, it threw him off. And I love, I love it. I love the variety. I love him playing chess, um, especially with a divisional opponent. Uh, you're going to see him one more time this year. So you can't show him everything, yeah. but they were dominant. I, I loved what Danny did, Dan Sorensen. Um, Mm-hmm. Tyron Matthews always always out there balling. Some he's like a yeah. ball magnet. I don't know how he always gets gets around a ball like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's all yeah. He said it was the football gods just blessing him for what he puts into the game. I love that tweet. Yeah. I love his entire mindset of how he just connects all of these things together and just the ball bounced up to him. It's the football gods honoring him for, for taking care of the game the right way. But, yeah, Drew Locke must have known what those guys are doing on the back end. Whatever that chess match and the, those looks and whatever that that game above my understanding of what it is was phenomenal for the Chiefs. Two, Drew Locke, just two of eight, throwing the ball beyond 10 yards with zero touchdowns, two interceptions. All right, let's move on to the next segment, and that's the MVP sides. That was the Fire Kiss Swings opening segment. I didn't get a chance to mention that. Now we're moving on to the Hickory Pit Beans and Cheesy Corn Bake. Great things we know from Jack Stack Barbecue. The offensive and defensive MVPs. Jeff, I just went ahead and picked your offensive MVP for you and being the Chiefs' offensive line because it fits your brand and what you've got up there. And you already mentioned uh, Nick Allegretti. Uh, as a guy that you played with. What do you like? Uh, you know, Give us a little Nick story. We've already talked a little bit about the offensive line, so let's tweak a little bit. Um, as Nick Allegretti's been in there doing some work at left guard, uh, what can you tell us about Nick that Chiefs fans don't already know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw he's a physical guy. He loves, the, he loves football. He's a football guy for sure. But the one thing that he loves just as much as football is coins. I mean, this guy can tell you anything about any type of coin, any type of precious metal. He's just a nerd about it, and it's, it's awesome. 
<laughs> Everybody's got their thing, and that was his. That's cool. That is yeah. cool. All right, let's let's move on to the the Chiefs defense, Jeff. What was it last night about the Chiefs defense, or a play, or a player in particular that stood out to you? Um, I mean, I always start our front. Chris Jones, he's been dominant all year. Uh, defensive backs played a hell of a game. Started with Dan Sorensen with that pick six, which kind of turned the game around. And Jeff, the one thing I loved about the Daniel Sorensen pick six was that it's such a great example of team defense yeah. because, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it's like they're called like a cross dog blitz where yeah. you have your two, your two linebackers, Damian Wilson basically crossed the face of the right guard to kind of take the right guard with him to open the lane as Hitchens came around and basically had a free lane at Drew Locke, who wasn't able to really step in or get much on that throw. And Sorensen being the heady veteran football player knows that that ball's coming out quickly because they're blitzing. So he's reading those quick throws, those hot routes, and he does it perfectly. And so everybody gives credit to Sorensen because they see him intercept the ball, but it was really beautifully done up front to, for everybody to do their job to create the lane for Hitchens. So there wasn't much on the throw. Uh, I know I basically just explained the entire play, but like I, that's what I love about the game. I don't have to know everything yeah. to see the choreography of how it all comes together and works together, and it is a team game. Definitely, definitely the ultimate team sport. You're only as good as your weakest link when you're dealing with football on both sides of the ball. And yesterday, I think, even though I, a lot of folks were saying it was like the most non-dominant blowout win they've <laughs> ever seen before, but for me, I'm looking at it like that was just, just team ball, complimentary football all sides around. We weren't very explosive on offense, but we played well enough um, to put our defenses in situations where they could be successful and our, our special teams scored touchdowns and they played well. And it, it just was a good overall team. win. Yeah. They put up 43 points and we're sitting here saying like, is there anything wrong with the chiefs offense? <laughs> like, yeah, crazy, I didn't even looked. I, and you know this because we were texting yesterday and I was down in your neck of the woods. just trying to meet up, but uh, I put out on social media, like we were down in Dallas um, and we drove back last night. I think I got back like 4.30 in the morning. But the one thing I didn't plug because they didn't pay for it. But like I'm upset, Jeff, for all the years that you and I have known each other living down in Dallas. Nobody's told me about Bucky's. I'm we sorry. Stopped last, they stopped there last night driving back. Went to Whataburger twice and in and out once in a span of like 18 hours in the state of Texas. You definitely <laughs> gained 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely did. So I had to get the, the giant Bucky sweatshirt. But I got stuff for the whole family. Billy Quatch. Um, our creative director, we were down there for a golf shoot and, uh, and yeah, but anyway, um, the one thing that I, we have to mention also the Byron Pringle, um, yeah, definitely. his inner or his kickoff return, because coming off of a game where K state fans, I'm a K state fan, uh, watched the KU K state game where, you know, Philip, I think it was Philip Brooks, their punt returner had four punt returns of 40 yards or more in one game against KU. So K-State's always known for special teams. Byron Pringle was the man when he was there. And then we saw it step up in the, a big moment and make a ridiculous move at, at midfield to, to break open. But that was really, I don't say the icing on the cake, because uh, I think the Sorensen picks it kind of broke it open, gave yeah. me, I think, that eight-point lead. But uh, it kind of seemed insurmountable, which is crazy to say with as much time as left in the game. But the way the defense is playing, the way that Drew Locke was struggling, seemed like Pringle's – uh, longest play of the NFL season kind of kind of sealed it for the Chiefs. Definitely, man. And I have to give my boy a big shout out. I'm a huge Byron Pring- Pringle fan. Mm. Guy's a baller. Obviously, he's in a loaded wide receiver room, but um, he does the most with his opportunities. And I hope to see him continue to show. One of the other, 
I know you've been watching the Chiefs this year. And as we get into the, the final couple of segments here, Jeff, the other things that just jumped out to me just to kind of do like a quick rundown. I The wide receiver blocking uh, was impressive last night. I know they highlighted on the broadcast a few times, but it really makes such a huge difference that those, you know, six to eight yard runs become, you know, 15 and 16 yard runs. We saw a couple of those from Le'Veon Bell. We've seen him from Clyde yeah. Edwards, Elaire. It's great to see those young guys, like those young receivers, Pringle, uh, Demarcus Robinson made some great blocks. Uh, it's great to see those guys doing work outside as a former lineman. How much pride do you see when you see Nick always calls them like the little guys um, out there, you know, showing some physicality on the outside. Honestly, man, it fires us up because <laughs> One, it makes our job easier because if they're blocking on the second level and we can spring one, it's a shorter drive. We're not as tired, but it fires, up, it fires us up because they're team guys. I mean, their primary job is to catch the ball, but seeing them go out there and give all our effort blocking, it, it just it boosts the morale of the entire team. It, it gives everyone confidence, and, and it, let us, it lets us know, like, hey, we could, we could score from anywhere. Yeah. The other storyline coming out of the game, there's a lot, um, but Willie Gay Jr., the rookie linebacker, hadn't had a lot of playing time uh, early in the year for being a higher pick and a guy that I was really excited just from watching his highlights and just watching his tape. Um, plays with a lot of energy. He's a guy who's just going to be fun to watch when he gets out on the field, the way that he plays with some emotion. But yeah. uh, played 39 snaps the first time all year. He played more than 50% of the snaps. Um, if you watched him, I haven't asked you this, if – if you had a chance to watch him specifically, what do you like about his game and how can, for somebody who's been there before, how does that maturation of learning the defense and just, we always use those phrases, but for you having been there, what are, what are those things actually look like? Like what is the development? What are the types of things that yeah. you're looking as far as your reads, whatever it is, take us in the mind of a player as far as a de- developing as a young guy in this league. Yeah, definitely. Developing as a young guy, it's tough especially in these circumstances with no offseason, really. Um, guys aren't, weren't in the building during the offseason. Everything was virtual. So it's already tough enough to play as a rookie. But coming in in a circumstance like this, it's going to take a little bit of time for some of these guys to develop. You have those guys that can come in and, and contribute right away. Those are usually like just Hall of Fame guys. Um, but you, a lot of the rookies are going to make progression. You're going to see toward the end of the year, they're going to start to figure things out. They're going to learn the defense. They're going to learn the offense. They're going to understand the speed of the game. It's totally different. They're going to know what it's like to be a pro, and they're going to get over their hump because they're going to be playing for a while. I mean, this team's going to go going to go far, so they're going to have a lot of opportunity to, to get some snaps, to get some experience, and they're going to learn the game. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome to see how much better this team's going to be later in the year. I, was, I don't want it to be like flippant about it, but I've made the I've had the take. That with as long as everyone stays healthy, obviously that's the most important thing. But just with the leadership, with the talent, and with Coach Reed, they're going to the playoffs. Like we don't yeah. know what the journey is going to look like, but they're good enough. They're going to be in the mix. So as long as you get to the end of the road healthy, yeah. I just think that there's too much leader. Like I don't care what happens. We saw last year, like Patrick Mahomes goes, that's the worst thing as far as what can happen on a football field from an injury perspective. It's yeah. the worst thing that could happen, and they stay together. And so yeah. like. I'm not worried about anything derailing. It's only like major injury that guys can't come back from. Everything else is just how we're going to look back and tell the story of what happened to for guys to be in that position to become like postseason heroes again. And I don't know if that's just flippant or cocky Chiefs fan now. It's like, we'll just get to the playoffs and be fine. And I try not to let myself get into that because you end up taking those things for granted, which has been our message from the beginning for Chiefs fans not to take this time for granted and to enjoy it 
all the little bits of this. But like we talked about earlier in the show, the greatest part of all of this is the Chiefs are showing us that they can win in so many different ways that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to go off and put up these huge numbers. Uh, somebody, you were calling for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. You've called a lot of things on social media. Yeah. What is it? What do you see from this team? Because thought we learned our lesson last year of not believing if the, the numbers aren't huge, that they're not good enough. We knew that wasn't the case. Yeah. But what have you seen from this group, and how do you think this group stacks up as far as just matching up against different types of teams to go and try to defend their title? I think this team, honestly, is better than last year. Offensively, the numbers aren't, aren't eye-popping, but guys are more experienced on both sides of the ball. Another year in the same system. Um, they know what, what, what it's like to win a Super Bowl. They have that under their belt. And, and they understand that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. These guys are, are focused. I was in the locker room last year and the energy, like it was just a different energy. Um, it started with the guys they brought in, the new guys with Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. They brought in some great leaders, guys that, that could stay focused um, and keep everything intact in the locker room when the coaches weren't on top of us. The best teams are, are the player-driven teams when the, when the players lead. And, and you got some of the best, too, with Tyron Matthew and Patrick Mahomes. So those guys, yeah, they won a Super Bowl last year, but they want to win it just as bad this year. They're better. They can win in so many different ways on both sides of the ball, special teams as well. I just, I just feel like these guys, they know what it takes. And there are going to be some ups and downs. Things are going to happen. But they know yeah. what the ultimate goal is. And it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see what happens. I've made, I've told the story several times on here of that first OTA practice with the, with Matthew and Frank Clark and those guys on the field, just screaming and yelling at the offense. This ain't last year as they were competing in shorts, just kind of having fun. And like Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, we're not out there to have fun and just go through the motions. They were getting after it. And uh, I've said before, I want to get your take on this real quick because for both of those guys and for Tyron in particular, he's a little more outspoken than Frank is in a lot of ways. But for for a locker room full of alphas, for a guy like Tyron to step in and as another alpha, to have alphas follow an alpha that quickly, it it was eye-opening to me how quickly, just the yeah. way that he carries himself, you just have respect for that. It's not only about his story, because not every player knows his story, but it's his energy, it's his vibe, it's just the way he carries himself, that you're just drawn to that. And you could be the biggest alpha, you could be, I'm the man, I'm the leader, and you will still respect and follow with that guy, like follow, fall in line with that guy immediately. I, it's it's hard to explain. Definitely. Um, I mean, I'm older than him. <laughs> But the guy, he has that track record. Wherever he goes, he's gonna come in, he's going to lead. Um, he not, he, it's not just about the way what he says. Like, obviously, he gives some great speeches. He makes you want to run through a wall. But it's his action. It's what he does every day in practice. It's what he does when he goes out there on game day. I mean, the guy, he isn't the biggest guy. If you saw him in the street clothes, you wouldn't think he was an NFL football player. Mm-hmm. He lays it up, gives a thousand percent effort and you can only respect. I follow guys by action, not just by their words. All right, Jeff, as we talked about at the top of this show, my favorite segment that we do here is this pay it forward. And not just because uh, I love barbecue and I love talking about barbecue and anybody who's been following me the last six years knows I love talking about the chiefs, but the fact that we were able to with Jack stack barbecue, create this 
this campaign that allows us to go and help people in the community uh, with pay it forward. We basically just ask anybody. It's it's not a huge deal. There's not a lot of thought to it. But if you've got if you witness or you know somebody in the Kansas City who's going above and beyond for someone else, let us know who that is. We'll send them some barbecue just as a thank you. And we can all pay it forward together. Last week, it was the teachers and administrators at Timber Creek Elementary School in Raymore. They've been doing a great job making sure they have a safe environment for their students and the people in that community to go and, and learn and have school in this crazy COVID environment. And then before that, it was a, a group of constru- former construction workers uh, out of the Church of the Resurrection that are volunteering their time over the last three months and money uh, to a family out in Stillwell, Kansas, that needs an extension built on their house for their eight-year-old son, Gabe, uh, who obviously has certain challenges getting around his house in a wheelchair. And these guys are out there building the house. It's just phenomenal work going on in the community, Jeff. Uh, so I want a story from you about your time uh, playing in the NFL that kind of surrounds the Denver Broncos, has a Denver Broncos feel since we're talking about the Broncos. What do you got? A Denver Broncos feel story. Yeah. I, mean, I just remember whooping, whooping up on them. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is 20. I think 15, 16 was Peyton's last last year in Denver mm-hmm. when they um, pulled him at halftime when he threw five picks. Oh, yeah. I thought that was the – I never heard Mile High that quiet where you could hear a pin drop. That was the first time I ever heard that, and that was one of the greatest feelings ever. Um, we walked away with a, a, a blowout win, and it was over yeah. before half. Uh, that was the game that he became the NFL's like all-time leading passer, and he also got benched. I think he was like two of 15 for like nine yards. He needed seven yep. yards and he got like nine in the first half and they pulled him. Uh, that's pretty good. I, I don't know if I've ever actually told this story before, but I'm gonna go back to uh, Patrick Mahomes first start. I know we everybody makes a big deal of that because it was that week 17 yep. game back in what 2018, 27, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was sitting next to because on the road, like I'd sit up in the press box uh, that year and I would always sit next to like opposing. I'd always sit next to either. It was like Chris Ballard, Borgonzi, or it was Veach. Yeah. And so for that game, it just happened to be that I was sitting next to Veach for Patrick Mahomes' first start. And that last drive at the end when Tyler Bray came in and they fumbled, they scored, and they – excuse me, they put Brett – or they put Patrick back in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, containing – Brett Veach containing his excitement on that drive, I will never forget. Because he was standing up and, like, started to clap, and I was like, dude, you got to sit down. And, like, yeah. I'll never forget having to, like, tell him, you got to sit down. Like, there's people around. They can hear you. Like Sam Mellinger is over there just like yeah. fanboying out, giggling. He talks about Sam talks about it all the time. And what he doesn't remember is that above him and to the side a little bit, I was trying to calm Brett down because uh, of how excited he was getting uh, for Patrick Mahomes' first start. And now we kind of see why he was that excited. Yeah, definitely. The, the legend was growing. I mean, I was in Houston at the time, but I was getting some text messages about how special he was and what he was doing in practice. And it was all true. <laughs> yeah, those guys were saying it. Those veterans on the Chiefs defense that year were whispering like, hey, once this guy figures out, because they know, and like even Patrick knew at that yeah. time, like the protections and some of those things that Alex was really helping him learn, he wasn't ready for yet. Um, yeah. So it was just the the arm talent that we all expect and just kind of take for granted now. But at that time at practice, it was the Marcus Peters and the Eric Berry, like those guys like, who the hell is this kid and what is going on right now? Yeah, so, it's crazy, man. It's crazy good. You know, you know, man. All right. Now, we tease this as we have a special announcement, and we've gotten to the very end of the show and have not yet teased it. But now's a better time. Should we tease it now, Jeff? Should we bring up the idea that we're going to have in a few weeks? Let's tease it. Let's leave, leave it. All right. Leave. 
So on Sunday, November 22nd, as of right now, because COVID could always change everything. But the plan is, as of right now, on Sunday night, November 22nd, that is Sunday night football, Chiefs and Raiders. We at Outside the Trenches here and Jeff will be joining us, are going to have a special live second screen watch party. Um, There will be more guests and I will be at the Freight House location uh, of Jack Stack there in the crossroads areas of downtown Kansas City watching that game. But you will be able to log in to and we will have all the information for you as we get closer but jack stacks facebook page our youtube page and then we'll have it out on twitter as well but you'll be able to to log in and just watch the game with it we're not going to break it down live but it's just like we're all just sitting at a bar um hanging out having a few drinks watching the game together so we can talk about what we're seeing live we're going to have a little barbecue we're going to have some cookies as well uh, from cookie society but uh i'm excited because i i love just talking through the game and just what i'm seeing and it's like is this a thing is that a thing and I'm excited to watch a game with you and somebody plays this game. So all my dumb ideas and I was like, BJ, that's a dumb idea. Hey, so they can hear all of it. Let's 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 join in. I'll be totally honest. I'll tell you the truth if you if you say something stupid for sure. <laughs> and, and I'm glad because um, we're cool enough that it will not bother me. And I do not take myself that seriously. You know that. But um, I, it goes without saying that, Jeff, for obviously for you doing this and for us staying in touch. Chiefs fans, if, if you didn't know it before, you didn't. Uh, if it didn't register already that Jeff has been one of the best dudes that I covered in my six years with the team. It's the reason that we stayed in touch. You were always awesome to me when I did ask you some dumb questions uh, because I was trying to learn the game and understand, understand like a little bit better about what we're doing and obviously appreciate how great you've been throughout your career. I'm excited to do this show with you. And uh, we've got a couple other guys that are going to do it that I think Chiefs fans are going to going to enjoy the eclectic mix of different guys that we're going to have. They're going to break down this game. But again, Sunday, November 22nd, that is Sunday night football. It is the the rematch against the Las Vegas Raiders from the Death Star, wherever this game is being played. This is Remember John Gruden doing two laps around Arrowhead after they beat him the last time? Don't think that that won't be discussed as the Chiefs, hopefully, this game is at the Death Star. So hopefully the Chiefs can get the Death Star and that thing out in Vegas started the same way that we finished up O.co in Oakland. But uh, should be fun. Live watch party. I'll be at Jack Stack. Jeff will be down there in Dallas. Eating cookies and barbecue should be a whole lot of fun. Yes, sir. We'll see you there. Make sure you guys join in. Looking forward to getting a big win. Um, we own one for sure. I do not like the Raiders. Absolutely. I don't like their fan. Um, <laughs> it still it yes, resonated. I, uh, I don't like it, Oakland. I guess I don't like Vegas anymore because of that. <laughs> I don't know. I love that during your time with the Chiefs, that just that that hatred, that inner hatred for your rivals, like it just it became part of you. Man, listen, man, like it. It, irrits, it, it's, it irritates you. I had an opportunity to go there, and I was like, no way. I'm not going to open. <laughs> I didn't know that. We're breaking, <laughs> we're breaking news. We will bring that up on the live show. I want to know this. I, yeah. We're going to learn more. So that's a perfect tease. So check it out on the live show. But again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Uh, we are trying to do something a little bit different. There's a lot of Chiefs podcasts out there. They're all great. Not going to be the one to, to knock on anything. We try to do things a little bit different here. Hopefully uh, you guys are entertained by it. So we appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. Uh, thanks to our friends at Jack Stack Barbecue. 
but we will see you next week as the Chiefs take on the Jets as the Jets continue their race for Trevor Lawrence. So hopefully we Chiefs can come out and take care of business and have another stress-free week. But Jeff Allen, uh, owner of Cookie Society, an eight-year NFL veteran, go get their cookies, cookiesociety.com. Appreciate you for joining us, man. We'll see you soon. No problem. Thanks for having me. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.